and welcome to another Venue Podcast. It is March 23rd, 2015. This is podcast number 19, one away from the big 2-0, which is definitely a, uh, a milestone. My name is Matt. I'm William. I'm Philip. And we have our special guest with us today. Sean. Hey, Sean. Sean Bonner from the Venue crew here. And uh, I just want just to let everybody know that Josh, our good friend Josh, is out sick today. What does he have? Uh, a horse throat. That's that's, <laughs> that's not a reason like to this. stop. Well, you know, I mean, on a podcast, being able to speak is pretty critical. So we're going to go ahead and give him the uh, give him the day off. All right. Well. And you will notice we pretty much skipped a week last week, so we're making up for lost time today. It's Monday. We're going to try to get this thing out to you guys. Well, if you're listening to it, you know that we have gotten this out to you. Um. And we just finished actually talking about Jeremy Clarkson. I just uh, just kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Poor guy. Yeah, well, said something poor, he maybe shouldn't have. Poor guy. <laughs> it's not like this is nothing. I mean, so look, I love Top Gear. I love all the the, the yeah. hosts. I don't think this is a new thing for Jeremy Clarkson. I think he's pretty much can I say pissed off. I think he just I think goes, he's pissed off. Yeah. So many people in the BBC and surrounding groups, They're done. surrounding countries, surrounding you know. Uh, so I think. But then again, could this be all a publicity stunt? It could. Because they could. say Top Gear makes tons of money. Oh, it's huge. For the BBC and all their surrounding Globally companies. Globally huge. But not only the BBC. Car manufacturers, mm-hmm. car you know, accessory, everything that they touch, that they talk about, is, is, is doing well. Their magazine is actually pretty good, too. If you ever picked one up, the I Top never, Gear I magazine. Have not. Yeah, I have it's not. good. Now, it's a piece of paper, so it's a little unusual in that perspective. perspective. It's like a. Magazine. What's the battery life? But on there's that? no ba- the battery well, life not is great. With that. The battery yeah, life yeah. is great, and you can get them wet, you, and then you can dry them, and they work just well, like there's nothing ever. That's happened. true. You can stick true. it in rice, or just you can stick it in rice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just Iron stick it. it in the oven. Yeah. Well, so, that only works to a certain degree. <laughs> then they can have other problems. Same. Along those lines, I heard that there is a Grand Prix coming to New Orleans. Yes. That's pretty so, exciting. Uh, yeah, so I'm not. So I really didn't know anything. And in fact, I'm still kind of newbie to, to Grand Prix stuff. I, I've I've followed Formula One. Yep. And Formula One and Grand Prix pretty much are very similar. Uh, there's differences in the tracks. Formula One obviously is definitely a more blue blood um, racing type. You know, we're looking at people who spend lots of money on cars, and yes. it costs so much to get into these. Indy 500, and there's also a lot of regulations on uh, physics and the, the engineering of each car, and oh, they yeah. change every year. Indy 500, not so much. I think it's just the track is like an oval track. Um, I thought they the, were all. Well, no, they're not all. Well, I mean, you look at like Monaco and some of these other places that yeah. do Formula One. It can be anything. Real windy. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. very windy. India's not so much. That's um, the exciting stuff to me, the windy stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the Indy cars actually go faster than Formula One cars, mm-hmm. from what I've read. They're actually, you know, faster cars, maybe less maneuverable. But uh, anyway, so they're coming to New Orleans, to the New Orleans Motor Speedway in April. Um, so if you're interested in cars and the technology of these cars, you can actually pay a little extra and be able to go behind the pits. Yep. So you can hit all the, you know, they're taking the tires off in a yeah. hurry. That technology is just awesome. The speed and the, the teamwork that these guys have to manage these cars. Yeah. And there's a lot of technology, like you said. I remember my grandfather brought me when I was a kid to a Le Mans race. Oh. I think it's Le Mans. I think the S is Le Man, silent. Le Mans. Le Mans. 
Um, the, so the cars look very different, right, than Indy and Formula One. Um, they're kind of more of a wedge-shaped car, but just unbelievable how fast and loud they are. And yet they're not real big. Mm-hmm. You know, compared to cars that we see driving around. Yeah. It was a really great experience, these, though. These Grand Prix Highly cars recommend. reach up to 220 miles per hour, mm-hmm. which I don't think I've ever seen anything move that fast. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's no pretty kidding. fast. Yeah, maybe half, but. They should do like a, a track day where people can go ride in them. <laughs> yeah, oh, and then you'll take have it up a, for a spin. And then you'll have funeral home and yeah. <laughs> yeah, insurance. <laughs> My brother got on the track, like uh, Jeremy Clarkston with the uh, Adam. Oh, that yeah. was amazing. Yeah. That's an right? awesome episode. Holy cow. My brother recently went to uh, Las Vegas and he paid to to drive a really like expensive Ferrari or something like that and somebody took him drifting. And I'm so jealous of that because what? that seems so exciting. Like just the concept of I'll drifting, take, yeah. going a Ferrari. I'll, I'll, take, <laughs> yeah. I'll take you drifting. <laughs> my, Ford, uh, my Ford Focus in your in your front wheel drive Ford Focus. Focus against FRS. <laughs> we should do this. Uh, He's got a BRZ. I have a B, I have a BRZ. I'm sorry, a BRZ, yeah. BRZ. Yeah. yeah. Close, same thing. Whatever. Well, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. They are kind of, sort of. Anyway, well, we finally have heard Windows 10 is coming soon. Yep. They they never had a release date on it. Um, they had said in the January twenty first event that it would be coming later this year, and apparently later this year is summer, which you know that could be August. So is September still summer? Yeah, technically. Yeah, well, I mean that could be like the very last day of summer. Mm-hmm. So you know, but I mean that's still that's really good information or good news for those of us that are looking forward to Windows ten and the Hololens because they did say that the Hololens would come out in the same time frame. As Windows 10, and I am super excited about that Hololens. The Hololens. <laughs> yeah. I sense your excitement. Yeah. I'm, 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 I sense your excitement. I'm excited. talking with my hands, yeah. so you know I'm excited. He's shaking his fist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about Windows 10 because I've been using the beta. I absolutely love the beta. It yep. brings Windows back to Windows people. It's you know the the Metro interface is not really there in your face. Uh, you have a start button. You it feels familiar, but yet. It's a new interface. There are mm-hmm. new features and things that you can do. It's got Cortana built into it, so you can say, what is it, hey Cortana or yep. yo Cortana, hey, Cortana or something like that, and it pulls yo. up and yo, it does its me. thing. So I'm waiting for that. Uh, I'd love to be able to use this on my home machines and at work, you know, mm-hmm. so. Kind of thinking that they were going to come out with it around the time they do the uh, um, Surface Pro 4. Or- Oh wait! Well, they do have supposed to be around uh, June, July. Uh, I forgot when the three came out, but it was definitely like the time frames. Like they did Surface One to Two was like really quick, mm-hmm. and the three was really quick. Oh my! I think goodness. they're sticking on the three for a little while because mm-hmm. it's been doing so well. They just dropped the price recently too. They though. did. They've been dropping the prices. I think since January, ish. I mean, I got mine on sale, but um, yeah. So that would be really cool because oh you know, gosh, the, the new yeah. Broadwell processors are out and. I mean, th- with the three doing so well, I know they're going to be putting out a four mm-hmm. as soon as they can. Hmm. Boy, then I will definitely be buying one. <laughs> Probably. Everyone's staring at no, Will. No, no comment. Like, <laughs> I'm sticking with so, my MacBook Air, and I'll be happy with my MacBook Air. About that Cortana coming to iOS and Android? That's, is that's that, the rumor. Is that a rumor? Is this, that is nothing bel- this is nothing but lies. Was it, was is that it a rumor? malarkey? That's malarkey. I think it was. Didn't Microsoft actually say something about this, like for real happening, like not just a rumor? Well, Cortana is obviously better than <coughs> Siri. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I was just saying. Cortana will not tell you something. jokes. Microsoft vaguely confirmed this. Okay. Yeah. Vaguely okay. confirmed that Cortana is better than Siri. <laughs> 
No. No, they, they like wholeheartedly confirmed that. <laughs> I mean, that's it, what they it, would do. Does it tell you jokes? Cortana? Yeah. Yeah, she'll tell you jokes. No, she won't. Yeah, she will. Does she? Hmm. I mean, I have my phone right there. My one will tell me a joke. I said, mm-hmm. Siri, tell me a joke. She, see, Siri is like a friend. Cortana is just like a weird kind of like, you know, you can talk to, Cart- to, to Siri. Cortana, I don't She's know. smart, though. I mean, Cortana cool. knows some stuff. Sometimes I don't want, sometimes I like being in the presence of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. That's saying really bad well. things about Siri. No, it, it is, I like Siri. I've played with Cortana. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. But so if it comes to Android and iOS, how do I use it? Do I, I have I'm to? I'm sure it'll just be an app. Mm-hmm. It's an app, but is it listening? So if oh, I say, I don't know. I think that will be limited. If yeah. I say, yo, Cortana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does she go? Hey, that's true. That could be a little clunky. I can yeah. see that being a little. It, weird. it would again. definitely have. It would definitely be one of those things that it's better on Windows. Mm-hmm. Is what Microsoft oh, of course. Now, if Apple was smart, which they are, they <laughs> would give you the. You know, like how the ability you can choose your browser. Like, hey, I want to. Hey, I don't really like yeah. Safari. I'm choose, gonna choose Chrome. Um, choose my Chrome. AI or whatever. So it'd be it'd be cool if in the future versions of iOS you could say, you know what, Siri, I love you, but you know what, I want to do a little bit of Cortana, and you just switch your default. AI to Cortana or whatever, and there you go. Mm-hmm. That'd be smart. That'd be cool. He just wants mm-hmm. Cortana's voice. I think yeah. you can get an yeah. app for that. Yeah. Well, also, you know, Halo's pretty cool. That's where it came from. Yeah, it's been uh, around we, longer than Siri. That's true. Uh, hey, Cortana, mm-hmm. tell no, me a joke. Oh, yeah. 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 Cortana's been, well, the, 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 the character has. There you go. So <laughs> now, what, what are you doing over here with your phone? I said, "Hey, Cortana, tell me a joke." And it said, "Do you hear? Did you hear the one about the motherboard who ran away to join the circuits?" Nice. Oh God. <laughs> nice. She's she's funny. Siri, what do you think about Cortana? It's nice of you to ask, William, but it doesn't really matter what I think. See, what do you think? We think Cortana's better. So there you go. <laughs> yes. Well, no way. I don't know. There. Yeah. Next. <laughs> next topic. <laughs> Oh, so Microsoft, a lot in the news about them lately. They are developing software that can convert an Android to a Windows phone. phone. Yes. Say what? Yeah, it's Xiaomi first right now, the the giant Chinese manufacturer. Mm-hmm. But um, they are like really getting into ways that they can get back some or get some market share hmm. in the phone space. Wow! So they're trying to push out some software that can convert certain phones, not just any phone. But certain phones to Windows phones, and it wouldn't. The way that they're doing it, the the article said that I read said it would not be able to dual boot, which is kind of unfortunate, because if I were to do this, I would still want to be able to go back to Android. Yeah. Mm. Like if I could dual boot my phone into Android and Windows, that would be amazing to me. Yeah, give that it would time. Be cool. I wish it, you. I wish you could do with this with iOS. You know, hey, make it to where I can boot Android, or whatever <laughs> I want. Matt's over here shaking his head. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Seriously, I love my. You just had to have your. I love my iOS, but well, iOS is. I mean, they're never. Apple's never going to. I know. I know. I'm just saying. Although they did open up the Mac to Windows. Mm. Well, actually, the latest ones only will work with ten. Windows eight and ten, right? Yeah, eight and ten. You can't even do seven anymore Hmm. in the boot camp. Hmm. That's good to know. There you go. Shoot. Well, Will, you're buying a house or building a house. Yes. And we have talked about uh, robot mowers. Yeah. There is now a better option, possibly. So I'm 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 still liking the idea of robo mow, which is basically it's a Roomba for your yard. So this thing you program by uh, your mobile device. You say, hey, I want to cut this area of the yard. You can actually remote control it in real time. So if you want to like chase squirrels with it or chase your family members around with yeah. a mower 
Not that I'm saying mm. that that's what its intended purpose is mm. for, but if you wanted to, you could. Um, it's it's a smart lawnmower. The problem with these, as much and as much as I like them, they're a little on the pricey side. So to break into for this example, to, to, to break into this technology, uh, you're looking at a minimum of you know anywhere from a thousand dollars. Up to two thousand dollars. Yowza! And the the thousand dollar one starts off with only an eleven inch mow width, which is which okay. Is small. I'm looking at your laptop, Sean. That's seven, that seven big. Inch. That's tiny. Yeah. 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 It says so, it can only mow a maximum lawn size of one tenth of an acre. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. So if you want something that does like half an acre, or three, or almost a full acre, you're looking at two grand. <laughs> So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to I'm thinking about holding off on the whole RoboMo technology and actually going to something that Sean, the, the guy here who's going to talk about our 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 our, our uh, general purpose topic today. Yes. Okay. I was going to say, don't spoil it. Uh, just yet. I said general purpose topic. Something <laughs> called purpose. A that sounds exciting. Everybody, stick around for the general purpose topic. Well, <laughs> hey, you have general sessions at VMworld. We have our general session with Sean. Um, so the, Sean told me about this ego, ego. Uh, mower technology. And basically, it is a full power electric mower. We're looking at 56 um, volts. volts of power. So these things are not just, you know, your little rinky dink mower. This will chew someone's arm off. Um, you know, there's, there's a power mower, there's a blower, uh, trimmers, uh, cordless uh, tr- uh, chainsaws, and everything. And it uses one battery type. So you have a high power battery that can power these things. Uh, they fold down to very collapsible design, mm-hmm. and you can get them locally here. So there's pl- places where if they break, you can bring them back maybe to Home Depot or wherever, and bring them back in exchange or whatever cool. you want to do. Uh, and they they start out at a fraction of the price. Oh so yeah, five hundred bucks. So the fifty six, and this is the most expensive product they have. Mm-hmm. But um, this is the big mama jamma lawnmower, right? That you uh, that you can purchase. It folds up, and I think I'm going to get this. I think I'm, what I'm going to do is, is this plus my son will make my Robomo, <laughs> and he has slightly I more. Agree. He has more intelligence oh, than man. say something I can program. Hey, check it out. It's got LED headlights. That's pretty cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. In case you want to yeah, cut your grass good. in the middle of the night. Now, one thing that's cool about this. It's is quiet. You, you can you. cut your grass mm-hmm. in the night because there's no engine. Right. And the thing, I, the thing that Sean pointed out is, hey, I don't have to deal with gasoline. Because I was going to go, I'd just get a regular old dumb mower. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very quiet. No dealing with gasoline, transporting it, keeping it in, in the garage, which is attached to the house, all this kind of business. So I think this is what I'm going to go with. I'm okay. actually going to go look at them tonight. And, uh, you know, when I when I when when my house is ready, I think I'm going to go with this. Nice. Yeah. I have a, um, a an electric rechargeable Black & Decker lawnmower, and I'm definitely happy that I went with that. It's, very, it's heavy. It's uh, not self-powered, so it's mm-hmm. hard to push around. But, you know, it is better than dealing with gasoline. It's easy, very easy to start. Just press the button. No hmm. no yanking on that the cord, yeah. you know, 20 times. Yeah. And I've had this one for about a year now and no problems. Oh, He's you had this? He has one. Oh, yeah. That's where nice. I found out about it. And I, I had like, this mm. and the trimmer. They both come with a, a battery and a charger. The trimmer comes with a, a 2-amp-hour battery. The lawnmower comes with a 4-amp-hour. Um, and they're interchangeable. Hmm. So wait, the nice. the battery from the lawnmower can go into the trimmer, mm-hmm. really? and vice versa. Yeah, that's what's cool. Huh. That's what's cool about them. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, you get one one you know you get one battery, and then the batteries fit God, into any. The battery other. looks awesome. It looks like a it's like a like a power capsule for a spaceship, like a hydrogen <laughs> you know? hydrogen cell collector. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so I think this is what I'm going to do because I think this is kind of a, you know it's it's definitely you know you don't have the mess and and you know if you're looking at you know ecologically it's very green because yeah. it's using well you know using electricity so sure. you know it's as green as you can be without not using electricity mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's not human powered um, but I think this is what I'm going to go with. What would be real slick is to have a solar panel outside that charges your battery. Yeah, now cool. that you can do. You can do that too. Yeah. Well, I might have to do that. Well, I don't know about that, but anyway. I'm, I'm all about burning not, fossil fuels. I'm, I'm sorry. probably not going to go with a robo mode just because of the expense. Well, yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. It really is. So we had our little Nido vacuum vacuuming yesterday, and we were vacuuming in conjunction. So it was like it was teamwork, you know. And the little guy took care of the living room for us. It was pretty cool, you know. But nowhere near as fast and as thorough as a person. Yeah. Bottom yeah. line. So that RoboMo is probably going to miss something. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still like the idea of, you know, the Roomba or the Nitos at home, but something out in the yard that's swinging around a very sharp blade. <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite ready to test electric uh, self-driving cars yeah. and a RoboMo just yet. Right, right. I got you. Very good. Well, guys, I know we have talked to you about or mentioned the uh, the fact that we're going to be doing these these car comparisons very soon, car, uh, car tech comparisons. So... Stay tuned. That is coming. We're working our uh, our different brands and our connections there to get some test cars. So, anyway, stay oh, tuned. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Today, though, we have our special guest speaker, Sean Bonner. Hey, Sean. Hey. <laughs> Sean has is a uh, senior network engineer. Did I say that right? Network guru. Oh no. By yes, no means. he's very modest. Um, the the topic today is a DIY firewall, home built firewall. Um, you, if you will recall, our last episode, I was mentioning that at our house we've had some issues lately, and so you know how life is. Every now and then, you have these issues, and somebody says something that weirdly coincides with your issue. I was talking to one of the guys here, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that we've built a I built a firewall for my house." I'm like, well, "That's so weird that you bring that up because." I need something like that. It was the same day I was dealing with all this stuff. He's telling me about this firewall. So, Sean, you were the guy that actually originally brought it up to our crew here. Yeah. And I thought it'd be cool to have you on to tell us about the firewall, how to do it, the different components. Kind of walk us through it and um, let us know what we would, how we would build our own firewall. Well, I mean, basically, uh, you know, I've been playing with, you know, the home routers and everything for years. You know, everybody's got their own Linksys or mm-hmm. you know, Netgear, whatever that they got at their house. Um, a lot of the ISP providers will actually provide stuff now, like you know, Cox has their own little router combo yeah. and AT&T has theirs. And, you know, for your standard purposes, that, that works fairly well. But for people that want to get more into it, you know, you kind of look around at, at what you can do yourself. Um, there's a lot of different options out there. Um, for years, I've been running different forms of uh, Linux-based firewalls. Um, I started out years ago with one that was just a simple one that ran off of a floppy disk. And wow. It was, hmm. uh, uh, Coyote Linux is what it was called. Okay. Um, it's no longer in existence. but It um, was on a floppy disk after all, so yeah, literally, <laughs> that probably yeah. wrote its own fate right there. I mean, you could literally, I mean, you generated the floppy, you yeah. booted off of it, and that was it. Wow. Okay. Um you know, and over the years, I've tried different ones, um, Linux or FreeBSD-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I used, uh, you know, a SmoothWall for a while, and then later on I was looking at one called MonoWall, which is FreeBSD-based. 
Um, that one just recently stopped uh, being developed. Um, several years ago, there was a fork off of it that became PF Sense. Okay, and that's what we're looking at. And um, you know, I've been using it for probably the past eight, nine years. Uh, recently, actually, they just released the, uh, the most recent update to two two one, which brings it to the uh, most current. Um, stable release of FreeBSD at 10.1. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, FreeBSD free versus Linux? Um, it's Unix versus Linux. So, Just clarity. <laughs> Just clarity so, for so, the people. So, yeah, so, so Unix... Linux and Unix are not the same thing, although they're very, very similar. Right, very. The kernels may be slightly different, maybe completely different, depending on what version you're looking at. But FreeBSD, uh, we need to actually post, when we post this on our blog, mm-hmm. The there's actually a um, lineage, family lineage tree of oh, Linux yeah. versus Unix Good. and where the branch is off. So, right. you know, there's FreeBSD, there's System 5, there's Solaris. They're all Unix, so the commands are all going to be similar. But there will be slight differences on how each of the architecture internally is laid out. So Linux versus Unix, we'll put some stuff in the show notes about yeah, that. Yeah, good. Yeah, one of the the cool things about doing this though was that you you could use you know old hardware that you had lying around. Yeah. So you know if you upgraded your your desktop PC and you just happen to have on a motherboard or an old case or something like that lying around with you know two NICs and a little bit of memory and you were good to go, you didn't have to have anything high speed. Right. So so um, this is PF Sense. P as in P, F as in Frank, as in Philip, since S E and S E. Yeah, the the name actually originated. It, it's a very very horrible pun. Uh, PF sense stands for packet filter, and that's what B- oh, FreeBSD yeah. uses to yeah. do a, a, a the uh, stateful packet mm. filtering. Okay, and it was you know packet filtering made sense. There you uh, go. So, so you can actually. Yeah. So this is so this <laughs> is so this is free, right? This is anyone can go up here and download this stuff. The OS is free. The yes. OS it's they open can, source. Open source. They can put it on their PC, their Mac, probably. You can run it off of you know pretty much any kind of hardware they had. Um, the latest versions they're pretty much going 64-bit. Earlier versions mm-hmm. were 64 or 32-bit. So mm-hmm. I mean, you could literally just grab an old junker out of the closet. Right, you know, with two NICs in it, a couple of megs, a couple of gigs of RAM, and you were good to go. Yeah, right. Uh, you can run this as a VM. So if you've got, uh, yes. say, like if you're running a Mac at home and you're like, oh, I really don't want to install anything, you can run this as a VM. You yes. can uh, download the uh, standard version of Linux or a boot CD. You know that, that you boot live, like you were saying, with you have a floppy disk. Right. And they're coming out with a VMware appliance. So mm-hmm. if you have VMware Fusion for the Mac or Workstation for um, for the PC, you can actually download the appliances, pre-configure, you're powered on, give it an IP address, and you're off to the races. That's wow. kind of cool. That's cool. If you don't want to do that, which for me, I don't really have stuff laying around at home like as much as I kind of I used to, but nowadays I kind of like appliances type stuff where I don't have to manage a PC. They yeah. actually do have a store, and you can buy ready-built uh, appliances with PFSense installed. Right, and so the uh, the hardware that they sell, of course, comes with the you know warranty. And full support for the um, the OS itself. Um, alternatively, there is a company called Netgate that actually manufactures these boxes for them. Oh wow! Oh, and you good. can purchase the hardware from Netgate and install it yourself if you want. To. Yeah, ah. yeah. And I was talking to somebody the other day that <coughs> built a box. It's using the ILX chassis, right? Uh, where are we where are we going? Netgate. Okay. No, I just want go. to look at the Netgate. Yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. Okay. See. 
But it's a small little chassis, right? Right. And you get that is. Um, what I did was um, actually, I mean, you can you can get all the parts that you need off Amazon. I yeah. built one from scratch for two hundred and fifty dollars for the hardware. That's amazing. On Prime. Yeah. And um, what were the parts? What'd you get? Um, so basically, the parts list that I got included the uh, there was an Intel motherboard. It's the very small form factor mm-hmm. um, Atom processor. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, DC twenty five hundred, so it's a dual core one point eight gigahertz. Um, it's a it's basically it's an all in one motherboard. The only thing you have to add to it is RAM and storage. Wow. Mm. Okay. It has the two NICs already on it. Yes. Okay. It has dual NIC, dual gig NIC. Um, I bought a four gig stick of RAM. It uses the same type of memory it's in laptops. It's relatively inexpensive. I think it was thirty two dollars for four gigs of RAM. It'll do a lot more than that if you mm-hmm. need it. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, you don't need that much. I mean, yeah. I've got four gigs in it. I'm using five percent. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh! Um, it That's depends awesome. on what packages you add to, because there's all kinds of add-ons you can get for PSNs. Right. Mm-hmm. So the um, the NetGates here, I was just looking. You can get the NetGate APU four, which um, starts at at around three hundred dollars. Right. So you know, definitely consumer capable. You know, this is not outside the realm of you know being able to just Joe Blow go buying this. Um, if you look at the ready-made PSN, were you calling me Joe Blow? <laughs> no, you're. Uh, no, we won't. Okay. You're, you're, okay. you're who you are. Um, no, so if you want to buy it from PFSense, which is supported, included, which support comes with it, so that's kind of cool. So if you have problems with PFSense, you can call these buys uh, for like four four seventy. Uh, to, I think to start out into uh, most likely. Then you got a rack mounted. One. Then you got rack. Yeah. And you got you got capabilities that go up. But I think for the most home users, the 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 smallest one, the small business remote age, most office will work fine. Up to eighteen hundred connections. So you're oh no wait is that eight, that's eighteen one point eight million that's one point eight million connections. This is probably going to be fine for you at home. <laughs> um, and it's got the PSN software installed. You're getting eight gigs of um, of fast storage. And support, so that's kind of cool. But this is like enterprise filtering yes, for your it, house. It, it can be. I mean, hence the the rack mount versions. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Could you could you do this with like a Raspberry Pi with like an add-on US like a USB Ethernet port? Um, it's they're actually talking about porting it. Um, I'm not sure how far they've gotten on that because it is um, it is dependent on the CPU. Oh, okay. So you do have mm. that to look at. That's one of the reasons why I went with the Intel processor. Right. Yeah. For storage, would you use? Did you use an SD card or actual um, hard drive? I actually used a um, an SSD drive. Okay. I picked up a cheap thirty gig SSD yeah. off of Amazon for twenty seven bucks. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's completely quiet system. It's I mean it's completely fanless, mm-hmm. so there's absolutely no noise. Um, you know the the case that I got was thirty nine dollars. Uh, it's a little very small form factor case. It's a mini ITX. ITX. I said ILX. Yeah. yeah my mm-hmm. bad. ITX. And and the power supply is like ninety watts. Yeah. That's all so you need. That's all you need. And that's so, cool. just a frame of reference for folks, what he's talking about, the box size, I would say, is probably about the size of your cable modem, or maybe a little bit bigger. That's about the size of cable modem. Yeah. Maybe a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Very, very small footprint and low energy consumption, no noise. And you get... So, talk about what the, the filtering is doing for us. What's it blocking? Um, I mean, by default, the firewall blocks any inbound traffic. Yeah. Um, and you have to specifically allow what you want inbound. Mm-hmm. Um, and outbound as well by default. Um, when you do the setup of the software, it actually builds in those rules for you for outbound traffic to be allowed. But you can do a lot of uh, additional things with it, including having multiple uh, zones. So if you had like you know 
some server you wanted off on the side by itself, not connected to your internal network, but not on the outside. You'd have your own little DMZ over there. Um, you can route traffic between the DMZs. You can open specific firewall rules to that DMZ or to a server in that DMZ. Can you create VLANs on this? Yes, it so is VLAN that's, aware. that's something that's really cool is if I wanted to actually do multiple VLANs, I could do that. Uh, and the purpose is you were talking about blocking outbound connections. Maybe I want to do Q quality of service, you know, QoS on right. things on my network. Like, hey, you know what? My Xbox, my son's Xbox One that I don't want him sucking all my bandwidth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's put a little bit of traffic, traffic shaping on his device. <laughs> That's where something like this would come into. This is definitely not... This is not your router that you would get at Best Buy. Right. Okay. So, like, for instance, I've had routers in the past, Linksys, Netgear. Uh, right now, I'm doing Apple. Of course you are. You know, of course. So, I have an Apple. <laughs> and actually, no. one is surprised. Really? So, at home, so at home, I have an Apple Airport, um, you know, Extreme. And it's a great wireless. It's a great router. It's a great Wi-Fi access point. However... It's a router, not a firewall. It's a router, not a firewall. Yeah. So there are certain things I can't do. So if I want to do things like set up a static VPN, mm -hmm. can't do it. it. It's very simple for the things that it does. But in that, it's also very limited in the things that I can yeah. do. So if I want to say VPN to work from my site to site, I can't. i got to go do something else. Where this, this actually gives me the features of, of more sophisticated uh, firewalls like Cisco PIX, Cisco ASA, Juniper, SRX, SRX mm -hmm. uh, and so on. So now I can do a lot more. I have these pretty graphs. I can look and see what, you know, what types of packets are coming in and out and what's my usage where I can't with an Apple Airport. Right. And actually with the, the VPN, I actually uh, had a, a use for that. Uh, we moved out to Prairieville last May, but before we moved, you know, we were trying to sell the house. And uh, it just happened around that time. My youngest got his arm broken at school. Uh oh. And uh, so they were coming to do a... Uh, uh, showing to the house, and I had actually had a VPN set up for my iPad. So we went around the corner to the school that was behind us, parked in the parking lot, and I'm sitting there with my iPad VPN into the house so I could see when they left. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. That's nice. cool. Yeah. Uh, some of the you were talking about. We had a camera set up. So. Yeah. Before yeah. the show, we were actually a little talking, creepy, but yeah, that's, that's about good. One of the use cases that you do when you're your 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 it's your son or yes, daughter. My uh, my youngest son. Son plays piano. Yes. And and tell us a little bit about uh, the he. Uh, takes piano lessons and they do both you know in person and online and what they use is uh, an application that does online MIDI and it's called internet MIDI um, and basically his keyboard will connect to her keyboard over the internet and I have specific ports allowed inbound so that whenever you know they connect she can play on her keyboard and it actually plays on his when he plays on his she can see and hear what he's doing on hers on the other side of town that is some sorcery right there. <laughs> that is really nice. cool. It's magic. That is really cool. So if someone wanted to get started with this, it's not something that's rocket science, right? No. It, you, you download it. I think you should play with it a little bit off of band before you go implement it. But basically what you would do, modem, cable modem or DSL modem or whatever else you have, Right. straight into this box. Right. So one port's going to be your WAN port. The other port's your LAN port. So it's, you know, your routers that you buy at, you know, Walmart, mm -hmm. whatever, Home Depot. No, uh, Home Depot. Best Buy. <laughs> Actually, they do sell them. You're right. I've yeah, seen they them. They do. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, has, you know, one WAN port and, you know, three or four LAN ports. Mm -hmm. So you do have to have a switch or you have to have multiple NICs. Right. Um, now, real quick, I'm sorry. Do So I've got Asus N66, which mm -hmm. is pretty good. Do I just turn that into a dumb router then? 
is it just literally Wi Fi? I mean, you can. Uh, you can just put it in bridge mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you yeah. put it in bridge mode, and then your your uh, DHCP and everything will uh-huh. be served from the firewall itself. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. So if I wanted to say take my do less with my Apple Airport Extreme, which which you should. You know, I, I'm interested in this because I actually ran this in one of our labs uh, here because yeah. I was needing to do something where I needed to do multiple VLANs and do something like this. It's actually a really good interface. Um, you could actually take your existing technology, move it out of the way, turn off certain components, turn on the firewalling and all the other services that this provides, and now actually start doing some deep things. One of the things I really like is the reporting and monitoring yeah. of this. So what I like about this is, if I'm not mistaken, you can actually have alerts when someone's trying to attack your home system. Mm. Yes. You can actually say, hey, you know what, because like my, my Apple doesn't do this. My Linksys doesn't do this. Your Asus probably doesn't, although I think your yours probably does more. But if someone's trying to hack into my system, this will actually let me know when something's going on. If it's a denial of service attack, if someone's trying to say, hey, we're war driving outside and continually trying to hit an interface, this will let me know. Not only is it doing that, it's also logging this information. That's yeah. why you have a hard yeah. disk in the systems. So if something bad did happen, I can go back through logs and say, aha, Here's what's going on, and kind of give you some more information about what to do for the next step. So I kind of like this, and I actually might look at something when I move, uh, and I start rebuilding my my in my new house my network. I might look at something like this. Now, I don't like having a PC running that does this, so I might actually uh, switch to one of the appliances or do like what you did and just build something like a micro yeah, device. Yeah, it's very very yeah. small. It's very easy to do. Low power. Very low mm-hmm. power. So I'll just tell you. My daughter and I are going to do this. We're going to build our own. We're going to do it as a daddy-daughter experiment. She's <laughs> She's been, you know, we homeschool, and she's been taking some programming classes, which yeah. is pretty awesome, actually, yeah. and totally loving the experience. She's so excited. And so I told her we're going to be building this little firewall box, and she's like, firewall. She's been playing, uh, what's it, Minecraft? And she's thinking, Firewall, hmm. Like, no, 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 wait, no. Let's no, start a no flame. No flame. So this is what it does. And you know what's cool? She immediately got it, which I, I was very impressed by, because we had this you know, this situation at the house recently with that uh, Mac Keeper BS. Um, anyway, so one thing that I would like to point out for our listeners that's pretty impressive about this is that there is a GUI. Um, you're not sitting there doing, you can do the code, right? Yeah, so you can do a command line. Command line, that's the term for it, not code. Um, <laughs> it's the technical term. Yes, right. Sorry, guys. Letting you down. Uh, but anyway, the GUI is really intuitive. It is. And there are, or there is, the ability to add other little apps, so to speak, to Correct. this. Right? Yeah, there's a, there's a whole uh, community that does development, um, community-based development for different plugins for it. You have everything from uh, you know, Snort. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, one that's called uh, PF Blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Gary's using is PF yeah, Blocker. Right. Um, and what it does, PF Blocker does, um, it builds a um, a list of um, public address space that you want to block, say like you know from China or whatever. And it actually you know builds that list and it keeps the list current. Hmm. So it's going to block all traffic from you know country based list. Oh, that's cool. That is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm, I might run this on my Mac for a little while. Just kind of, I might when I get home tonight, I actually might deploy this on on Fusion, and kind of get a look and feel for it. And then uh, yeah, maybe maybe look at those appliances. Yeah. Right, or maybe you can help us build one. You know what we need to do? We need to build out. And this could be on another episode. We actually build and show the hardware that we use mm-hmm. step by step, and actually build one. Mm-hmm. That's a blog post. Like for a sure. blog post. I can give you the list right here. Oh, good. 
Oh, I mean, look at that. You've got the whole shopping list. This yeah. is what I bought right here. It was $248. That's so amazing. That's not bad. Wow. No. So, yeah, we'll have to. I wouldn't mind doing You know what? Let's do this as a project. We'll do this for my, my home, my new home, and we'll, we'll, we'll build that. I'll, I'll, I will relinquish control of my network from Apple to PFSense. <laughs> we'll put a back that's door in there. And when you say right. Gary, which Gary? Was, was, it, was it Gary uh, Germany or Gary Boudreaux? Boudreaux's doing this. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Very good. Very good. Keyloggers, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that it's all graphical. And it's a GUI. It's a web-based GUI that you can use. But on the same time, you can switch back. If you did want to learn more sophisticated yeah. command line interface, you mm-hmm. can switch back, do the same thing, and then learn more about mm-hmm. how to do these types of scripting. Since it's Unix-based, I can do scripting and so on and so forth. So um, pretty cool. Yeah, I really like that this has a GUI because if it was just command line, I don't think I would even try it. You're blowing up over there, Phil. <laughs> I don't know why I keep blowing up. Silence over there. our phones. You know, like it I is said too, that you can uh, you can add multiple interfaces. To this so you default is two. You're LAN and WAN, but you could actually add more interfaces like a DMZ. You can add a wireless network card to it and make it your wireless oh. router. Wow! Everything just cool. changed. <laughs> or you can do look you were talking about you know if you already have a wireless router right. with you know a built-in switch that you don't want to get rid of you can still use it put it in bridge mode uh-huh. I yeah. had actually I had two of them at the house one upstairs one downstairs you know both have been bridge mode so everything was being controlled from my firewall it was just bridging the traffic okay. that's what I'll probably do I really like my my Apple Airport uh, wireless because I mean it's, it's an AC router. And for me, it does the whole um, beaming technology. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's something for just Apple or is that just AC in general? Beaming? Yeah, beaming. Beaming. Yeah. I've heard of NFC, yeah, <laughs> NFC beaming, but not No, no, this not is something Apple totally beaming. different. Uh, airport beaming. I have, an, I have an airport express. It's called beam forming. I've still never heard of it. I don't know <laughs> if this is something just for Apple or is it, um, yeah, beam forming. I guess it is something that mm-hmm. is just... Just uh, so everybody knows, we're on MacRumors.com looking no, up no, Beam. No. What, once again, we are looking at a website <laughs> on a podcast. Now, there, there's something called Beam for me. I don't know if it's just for Apple or is it um, is it an AC standard? I think. What, what does it do? So it what it does is is as you move around in a in a in an environment, it actually knows what direction you're coming from and it attenuates the antennas to your locale. That sounds like an Apple thing to me. Yeah. Like I, I really don't think anybody thing. else is going to fall for that. <laughs> Apple's tracking you. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Apple, yeah, beam forming. Uh, there you go. So yeah. it puts focus on your device. So as you see here, it's it's doing the whole broadcast antenna thing. But if I'm in a certain location, so it yeah, so it, it is. Look like it's this is not. AC. So this is yeah. So this is not just uh, Apple. It's actually AC. And uh, this thing, I tell you, I get so good performance from this technology I, at home. It's I guess I have that. Though. Delicious. <laughs> Congratulations. Yay, I just learned something. So You've been gonna beaming. those words about, oh, it's just an Apple thing. <laughs> you know we Ta-da. like to pick on you, Will. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. I've been picked on before. Such an easy target, I guess. <laughs> I'm holding up five fingers. Just whatever you wish to do. With the emphasis on (laughs) a a different finger. I'm pointing at you with my index finger. That's right. Yes. Well, Sean, thank you for sharing your experiences with um, the the PFSense home-built firewall. That's really cool. And I think we have at least two people on this podcast going to be building one very soon. Yeah, I'm going to play with this tonight. And it does support ABV6. Oh, very good. What is... who wants to do that? <laughs> Who wants to put themselves through that kind of hell? That's not that when bad. When are people going to have IPv6 at home? 
Uh, like, that depends on the providers. I mean, I'm waiting for it at my house right now. But so your network at home is it dual? Um, what's the word you use? Dual you stack. Use, dual stacked at your house? Well, I don't have a, a V6 assignment, so you know. Oh, it's, it's hence when you say it's, hence when you say your provider. But if you think about it, like Windows, the current versions of Windows don't they use uh, IPv6 like a link local address to yes. do their? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of my devices support IPv6. Mm-hmm. My my, uh, right. my airport stream does. Right. Um, you know, all of my computers do. Well, your Windows, um, your home network sharing. Yes. In mm-hmm. Windows Seven and whatnot, do they use the IPv6 to do it? Mm-hmm. You actually have to so have when, that on when for do you to think, connect. When do you think your AT and T's, your Coxes, are going to start saying, you know, <laughs> we you'll have IPv6 at home? I guess. Soon, a year from now, and it really depends on the providers. I mean, they've got the assignments. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, interesting. I mean, we're you know, businesses are capable of getting it. We have IPv6 yeah. here, I and mean, all of our providers have IPv6, hmm. and we have our own assignments that we can allocate out. Hmm. Well, there you go. This is th- that was very deep for our listeners. If you don't know what they're talking about, that's okay. I try to shy away from it's IPv- okay. IPv6. <laughs> Embrace it. Uh, you know. uh, we still love you guys. Um, so be looking for a blog post because I tell you what, we will be doing a build of this firewall and give you play by play along with the shopping list. Uh, yeah, the shopping list that Sean awesome. has yeah, so generously provided. Send me that in an email. So yeah. could you could you put this on an Intel NUC? That run it, does it have to be like a uh, you know a, you probably could. Uh, the only yeah. thing is you'd need two NICs. Yeah. So it depends on well, whether or not you can get an external USB NIC to work. And they do make USB okay. gig NICs. So. Whoa. Interesting. I mean, because that's, a, that's a $261 yes. all-in-one right there. That right. would be pretty yeah. cool. Very, very low power. I mean, this yeah. one uh, this one runs off of a 12-volt um, power supply that's, um, what, 6 amps max. Yeah. And it doesn't even draw that of much. Of course not. Absolutely not. <laughs> wow. Uh, another thing, just to plug here as we wrap up, we will be meerkatting soon, potentially, which is you'll get to, <laughs> if you want, watch us do this live. You could find all the things we edit thing, out. Which is nothing, really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, except the, that. I just said a bunch of cuss words. No, I just I said beep. So we're going to meerkat next next episode? Yeah, sure. So, why not? so to tell it. people what meerkat is, if you don't know, it's it's a, it's a new application that launched at South by Southwest in Austin this year. And basically, it's not a new type of application because people have been doing online streaming with Justin TV, you yes. name it, they've been mm-hmm. doing it. But you launch the um, the application and you start live streaming your from your phone, right? It's it's, it's iOS only right now, but it's mobile. Uh, but what I like about it as it's tied to Twitter, so whenever you start a Meerkat session, it posts to your Twitter, hey, I'm doing a live session, and people can join in. But what I like about it is, as people are watching you, they can ask you questions, because you see who's connected, mm-hmm. and you actually can say, hey, you asked me a question. And it's live streaming, and they can actually type in a question or whatever, and it show up on your screen. Yeah, right. cool. And I, I like that, because I think with, with our listeners and people who, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot more fun when you have people interacting with you. So, like, for instance, this discussion yep. today where we're talking about PFSense, we could have people asking right. questions. And this is heavily yeah. integrated with Twitter, right? So Very heavily yeah. integrated with Twitter, yeah. That's pretty cool. Very good. Well, cool. That just about wraps it for the day. As always, give us a good rating on the iTunes. Five stars is preferable. We appreciate it. 
give us a review as well if you feel up to it, saying, hey, guys, these guys are great. You should listen to them. We are on Venue.com as well as Twitter, Twitter.com slash V-E-N-Y-U. And that wraps it. We will see you next week.